theyeshiva.net. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's been a little bit of a longish break. <laughs> On vacation. Okay, I missed you. We're going to start today with uh, the Sefer Torah by the Balatanya, which we have learned in the past. And we're going to begin today with a mimer in Parshas Toldus, which actually is uh, related both to Parshas Chayasara and to Parshas Toldus. Page 34. On top it says Toldus, the second column, Mayim Rabbim Layuchul Chabas Sa'ava, or Daf Yud Zayin Amud Dalad, Yud Zayin Column 4, or page 34. You see, Mayim Rabbim Layuchul Chabas Sa'ava. Yeah, page 34 on top. The date of this Maimur, the Balatanya said this uh, in the year Tovkov Samachtes, which would be uh, 1809, a few years before one of the last years of his life, 1809, Tovkov Samachtes, actually said at the wedding of a grand... No, it's very good. Good thinking, not 1808, because it was said at the wedding of a grandchild, which was the Shabbos before Purim. So it was already 1809. And the Torah was organized by the Tzamach Tzedek. He chose to put this Maimer, he needed a parsha. he chose to put it in Toldus, and Toldus, you'll see why, because it's connected to these parshas. But the Maimer was said actually at a wedding, Shabbos, probably the chuppah was Friday. And the wedding was Shabbos, the meal, the Sudan, that's when he said the Maim was Shabbos before Purim, Tovkov Samachtas. This Maim and Maim Rabbi Yechul Chabasav, you'll also see the connection to a wedding, why you would say this at a wedding. Okay. He starts off with the Pasuk and Shehashirim, the Song of Songs, Perik Ches, the last chapter, chapter 8. Shloim HaMelech says, Maim Rabbi Yechul Chabas Asa'ava, V'goymer, Unahoris Lo Yishtafua, which literally is translated, Mayim Rabbim, many waters, the multitudes of waters, tsunamis, raging waters, they can't extinguish. Water usually extinguishes powerful flames, powerful fires. But even Mayim Rabbim, the strongest of waters, could not extinguish, could not eliminate, could not destroy the love, the Av. When the Hores, he continues, rivers, Loyishtafua, will not drown it. And the Hosa continues in Shahashirim, A person will think that he can buy love with all of Hoin Besa. You win a mega lottery of $1.6 billion and you'll be able to buy love with that. They will uh, uh, shame it, shame him. In other words, some things you can't buy and you can't sell. You can give the whole home base. People try it all the time. They buy relationships with money. They buy their children. They think they buy their children's relationships with money, their spouse's relationships with money. I don't mean to get so personal so early in the morning so fast. But it's just the facts of life. Some things you can't buy and you can't sell. It just doesn't go. A car you can buy, a house you can buy, a watch you can buy, a computer you can buy. A building you can buy, v'chuli v'chuli. 
If somebody even thinks that he can give all of his assets, all of his wealth of his home, in order to get the love that somebody else has, it's a bizarre and it's a shame because obviously he doesn't understand how it works. You could buy connections, you can't buy relationships. Right? That's the Posik, Al Pipshat. So the Balatanya says, In Zoyar, the third volume of Zoyar, which means Vayikra, Parshas Mitzvah, Parshas Mitzvah, Zoyar quotes an interpretation of Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar, the son of Rabbi Shimon Bayechai, the author of the Zoyar. He says as follows, Mayim Rabbim, Do Nahari Law, Diminei Nafkid Naharim Lechol Eivim. Mayim Rabbim represents, that's the, the words of the Zoyar, the higher river which needs to be explained, but that's what he says, the higher river. And from this river come out rivers to every direction. In other words, this is like a source river from which many other rivers, other streams emerge. That's Mayim Rabbim. That's why it's called Rabbim, because it's a source, not of one river. It's, of course, of Mayim Rabbim, many rivers. L'chol Ever, it's in each direction. That's still the Zayim. What do you gain from this interpretation of the Zayim? Why would the Zayim? The obvious question is, whenever you, whenever the Chazal in Nister or in Nigla seek an interpretation on a Pasuk, it's always because there's something missing, there's something uh, lacking. It's down to find it. You said it's a Nahari law. What's the Revach of it? What do we gain from it? And why will this Mayim Rabbim distinguish the love? And you have to say, Mayim Rabbim lo So he says, V'hine anaharis nemshachim in amayanis. All rivers generally come from wellsprings, mayonis, mayonis noivim in Springs, springs of water, mayonis kvalim, flow from the tahoim. Tahoim is deep underground sources of water. We call the tahoim, like it says in Chumash Bereshis in the beginning. Tahoim is like underground, or what you call sometimes called the abyss, very deep down. Mayonis come from the tahoim. And from them come out the rivers. As the Pasuk says in Tehillim, David HaMelech says, This is in Barchi Nafshi, Kapitel Kovdalet. He sends forth Mayonim, which are springs, into rivers. The Mayonim feed, they feed the rivers. But there's a difference. Hamayonis Mayonis, the springs, the kvalen in Yiddish flow always under the earth. They're subterranean. Avalanahar is the rivers nemshachim begali al kalars. The rivers which may come from the river from the Mayanis, they flow on the surface of the earth, meaning we see them, they're observable. The Mayan you have to dig and excavate and sometimes discover it, and many well springs we don't even have direct access to. The Naharas, the definition of a river is it's al kalar, it's visible. Which this is Pashat physically. Therefore, <coughs> the Gemara says that Torah is compared to Mayim. The Gemara says, The Pasuk says in Yeshaya, Yeshaya Hanavi in He says, Like, wow, oi, every thirsty person, go to water, go drink water. 
So the question is, he doesn't explain it. In Tanya, he says, you need, you need a prophet to tell you that if you're thirsty, you should go drink water. What's the Hava Amina? Every person knows when you're thirsty, you go drink water. So the Pshat is, when you're thirsty, you're thirsty in life, not just thirsty for physical, uh, you're, you're dehydrated, but you're thirsty in life, you're thirsty for meaning. Go to water, which is a symbol for for Torah. So Torah is compared to water. So just like when it comes to the sources of water in the world, there's different types of sources. There are the wells, the springs, and the and the rivers. Torah also has this element because Torah is compared to Mayim. It has the Mayim, which is the spring. This is what the Zohar says. Chakim v'lo b'chachmi yidiyah. The Hagdam of Tikkun Ezoyar says, he's a chachim, he's wise, but not with known chachma. When you say Hashem, Hashem is chacham. Chakim, he has chachma, he has wisdom. But it's not the chachma that we know. It's not the type of chachma, wisdom, that we speak about. It's the source of it, but it's not that. In other words, she'ein musag klal. It's incomprehensible. Just like the Maya, the spring, which flows under the earth, it's subterranean, and it's not recognizable or revealed. So the Mayan represents a source, but the source is not easily accessible or visible. So in Torah, this represents a component of Torah, which he will explain, which is like the Mayan, it's not visible. And on this, the Zoyar says, Chakim, there's Chachma, which Torah is Chachma, of course, but it's Velob Chachma Yediyah. It's not a known chachma, meaning a visible, accessible, easily articulated, something that can be articulated and defined in our, in our terms. Naharis, but there's also rivers. There's mayonis and naharis, springs and rivers. Kumay Shekasov, on this the Pasuk says in Bereshis, A river comes out of Eden. Hashem creates Adam and Chav, he says he puts them in the Gan Eden. Ganadin, so, the Garden of Eden, where all the trees are. So a river comes out of Eden, a place called Eden, to irrigate, to untrink it, to give mashka, to give water to the Gan. And then the Pasuk says, Umisham And from Ganadin, the river splits into four Vahayalar Bar Rashim, and there's the four rivers of Bereshis. You have Nahar Chidekel, which is the Tigris River in, in Iraq. You have Nahar Pras, of course, which is the Euphrates River, also in Iraq. And you have the Pishon, and you have the Gichon. You remember Parshas Bereshis? <laughs> the Gichon, and the Pishon, and the Chidekel, and the Pras. The Pishon, Rashi says, is the Nile River in Egypt, the Nile Delta. And uh, the Gichon is uh, debatable which river it is. But those are the four rivers that come from the Nahar. This is a different element in Torah. Shaziv Hashchina. Hamizgala began Eden Bahasagas Rosender Isa. The ray of the Shekhinah. Every Pasuk, of course, is physical, but it's also symbolic. It's spiritual as well. So the ray of the Shekhinah, which is revealed in Gan Eden, what's Pshat it's revealed? Bahasagas Rosender In Gan Eden, one comprehends the deeper component, the secrets of Torah, because in Gan Eden, when you're learning in Gan Eden, for example, Shnayim Oichzim Betalas in Baba Metziah, two people are holding on to a cloak and fighting about it. There's no physical cloak there. There's no talus. Or hamachlef para b'chamar. Or shor shanogachas apara. Or abba avis nezikin. If your shor goes and gores somebody, you have a pit. Or 
or a person uh, or you have a fire. Any concept in halacha, in in gemara, in 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 chumash, all tayag mitzvahs, all the poskim they learn in enganet. But over there, everything is rosendaraisa, meaning it's every halacha the way it originates in a spiritual form, and then it assumes a physical meaning as well, and it's all one, it's all connected. So he says in ganet niyavasagas rosendaraisa. There's the comprehension of the secrets of Torah. So in the Ziv HaShchina, the Reyajan, which is revealed in Ganeidin, in comprehending the deeper light of Torah, that ray comes from a river, which comes from Eden. The river comes from Eden, and it gives chiyos, it gives vitality, it gives water, vibrancy to the Gan, to this, the, the Gilui, to the revelations. What is the revelation? revelation is the river that comes from Eden to be Mashka, the Gan, that's the Ziv HaShchina. So it comes from the Nar, which comes from Eden. And this river is already on the surface, but Nar we see already. Right. Oh, but Eden is where it was a Mayan. Eden is, so to speak, invisible. And then the Nar comes out. Comes out means it emerges from Eden. And there's a Ziv, there's a ray, meaning there's a revelation. A ray means you could see it, a ray of light you could see. So we'll have hopefully a ziv, a ziv. So therefore, you could see it. There's a certain gilu in Ganeidin, and v'nimshachem ashalak l'kam abchinus naharis v'amshachus pratim l'kolachet kafiyas agasa. It's not one river. That river then is divisible into many, many rivers. What do we mean? Amshachus pratim, individual flows to every single soul according to its according to its mahalach, according to its comprehension. It has its own river, so to speak. From that one river, which comes meyedin. There's many divisions. And that's why it's called Nahar. What's the Shaykhis? What does he mean? What, what's the Shaykhis to Nahar? Nahar in Aramaic comes from the word Nahar, which is light, beginning of Psachim. Light. Huh? Nahara, yeah. So, Bemele Nahar is in Aramaic is a translation of light. You say Nahar, it, it, it lit up. So therefore, he says that's why it's called Nahar. Because the river is not the Maya. The Mayan is not Nahar. The Mayan is is not visible. It's not luminescent. It's not bright. You can't see it. The Nahar is the way something that's invisible comes out in a way that one can comprehend it. The Tzadikim and Ganeidin v'Amechulam Tzadikim can comprehend it. are based on this introduction. The Zoyar says that Mayim Rabbim is Nahari law. And from there come many rivers. <coughs> he said that the same thing is in Titus, and on this the Posik says in the Shira Shirim, Mayim Rabbim lo yuchlu lechabes sa'ava shaknasis yisrael ha-kodesh baruch. That the Mayim Rabbim can't extinguish the law. Al pi pshat mot Mayim Rabbim. Like he says in Titus, Parshas Noyach we learned, Mayim Rabbim is tirdes ha-parnosa. The stress of life. The raging stress of life. Yeah. world is not as sheltered as this basement here at 6.45, the stress in the world. So, the raging stress can't extinguish the love. In other words, your core love will not get destroyed ever. But like the Zoyar, this doesn't make sense. So why would you think revelations of Gan Eden would extinguish the love? There's something warfare. The Zoyar just makes the Pasuk L'chayda much more problematic. So he says, this is Pshat. 
The Mayim Rabbim will not still, it will not quiet down the Ava of Knesset Yisrael, of the Jewish people in their gathering together to Hashem. Why? Even though Mayim Rabbim, according to Rebbe Lozen the Zoyim, represents a revelation of tremendous lofty madregas, gewaldik hegiluyim of ruchnias, extraordinary revelations of godliness, which is the essence of Ganeiden. The whole Ganeiden is like, like the Gemara says in Brochus, Yudzayin, Tzadikim, Yoshim, Atreseim, Bereshem, Venenin, Meziv HaShchina. That's why he uses the expression, Meziv HaShchina comes from the Gemara. So the Chaire, Mayim Rabbim is gewaldik. So we say, Im kol zelo yashkitu asa'ava. It will not silence. It's not going to, to calm down the Ava. The soul will not get satiated and quench its thirst, literally, through this Gila. Don't think that this Mayim Rabbim is enough. For the nefesh. It's not enough to make the nefesh feel, I got it. It didn't get it. But even a gilui, that's emotional. A gilui means that it's emotional. If it's not, ultimately, it's not a shaykhis. Yeah. So the shtokikis will just not be extinguished. Yes, the yearning will not cease. The shtokikis, the gaguyim, the sense of ava, the lipshaft of the neshama, will not be stilled, it won't be silenced, it won't be calm. You won't feel, ah, I'm not thirsty anymore. Geschmack, I got what I want. A person is thirsty, a yearning for a person, for something, for a success, for an idea. Even mayim rabim, lo yuchel That's a chitish already. Mele mayim rabim, stam mayim rabim, the raging stresses of life, okay. But such mayim rabim, still lo yuchel That's what he says. On this, the pasuk says in Tehillim, David Amalek says in Tehillim, "Mili b'ashamayim ve'imcha lechafatzti baaretz." Kapitel Ayin Gimel, "Mili b'ashamayim ve'imcha lechafatzti baaretz." What does it mean? Who do I have? Who do Mili b'ashamayim ve'men habe? Who do I have in heaven? And with you, I desire nothing on earth. So I'll be pshat. David Amalek is saying that with you, ultimately, I'm good. I have you. I don't need anything else. He says, but really it means much deeper than this. Just like Mayim Rabbim. You could touch Mayim Rabbim as Grabim Mayim Rabbim. The raging waters of stress. Huh? Yeah. Or you could touch Mayim Rabbim like the Zoya touches Mayim Rabbim. Edelah Mayim Rabbim. Ganeid. Same as Shamayim and Eretz. Shamayim is Ganeid Na'elyim. The higher paradise. Eretz is Ganeid Na'tachtan. The lower paradise. And the Neshamas have tremendous Tainug through the river that comes out of Eden, whether it's Shemayim or Eretz. Both have a common denominator. They both have the river that brings water from Eden to the God. So there's a Gavaldika Tainug. You're sitting and basking in the river of Ganeid. Tremendous Tainug. Im nonetheless, Mili Bashamayim, he says. There's something that's still not there for me. But essentially it's temporary. The main action, so to speak, the main gilu, the main truth, 
comes out in the future in Tchiyas HaMesim, which according to many in the Ramban is in this world, and this the Pasuk says, Umayon Yotzo Mi Beis Hashem, the Pasuk in Navi, in Yoyo, the river comes out, Mi Beis Hashem, Shazal Lamayla Mayla Mabchinis Nohar, far much deeper than the river. So, Mili Bashamayim, Dimchalai Chafatzti Baaretz, Heaven is not enough. It's not what I want. And Eretz is not what I want. Even Shemayim and Eretz as Ganeid Ne'elyin and Ganeid Natachtim. Because the Mayim Rabbim could not be Mechabah, could not silence the Ava. Because this is only the Nahar and there's something called the Mayan which is deeper than the Nahar, which doesn't come out in Ganeid. Vahainu, how does one access this? This can only be accessed in this world. Or mitzvahs through the immersement in Torah and mitzvahs. Charles Zen Nehmer on this it says in Parshas Chayisora, Rivka comes, Eliezer comes to find a shidduch for Yitzchak. And he goes to the well outside of the city, and we'll soon see the story explained. <coughs> and he makes the simon, this week's Parsha, that the, the person who's going to offer water to him and his camels. This is a good sign. This is a simon that it's a good shidduch. When he sees Rivka, she goes down. It says that the, door, the girls of the city come out. This is before uh, there were sinks in the home and sources of water in the home and water pipes. And you went out. You had to find a well. As they, There's still some countries. Uh, when we were in the Ukraine, uh, I remember I saw a well outside of a in, in one of the cities near the cemetery, and people were coming to fill up from there. So they would go out with a jug, with a cod, with a barrel, a flask, and fill up the water. So it says, Vatered ha'aina, Rivka went down into the well. Apparently you had to go down, whatever they built, steps or a ramp. Vatamali kada, she filled up her cod, her jug of water. Vatal, and she came up to take the water home. That's what they used to drink. That's what they needed to drink for the people, for the animals. And of course, whatever they needed else water for, whether it was cooking or bathing or washing the So he says, What's Pshat? Vatated and Malikad. Spiritually, Kada is two words. It's two letters. Kad. Kad means uh, a jug. A kad, a jug. Kalekat shemen, kadyayin, kadmayin. Heim chavdalit svarin dairais. But there's also a remez here. Kad chavdalit is the 24 svarim of Tanakh. From Bereshus all the way through Torah Nevi Mitzvah, you have twenty-four svarim. Shehem nimshachim abchinas hamaya. The chavdalot svarim come from the Mayan, from the spring. Vatered ha'aina. She goes in not to the nor. She goes under earth. That's why you have to go down. They had to dig. You have to excavate a Mayan. Vatered. She went into the Mayan. Vatamali kada. From there come the chavdalot. She filled up the chavdalot svarim, the twenty-four svarim of Torah, meaning. This is the Chachma that's unknown. It's not the Nohar that you can comprehend in Ganeidin. This is the Chachma that's That's the Mayan. That's what she picked up. And even though it's always here, the Mayan is here. And that's what Torah is. But the real Gilui of this is going to be Lavi in the future, not in Ganeidin, which is temporary, but the time of Mises, which is deeper in Ganeidin. In order to access this through Torah Mitzvah Al Zanemar, it all had to start with Rivka. Shazawai de Rivka Imenu. Shehihi Ashabi Khotali is Vatamalika. 
It was only she who was capable of opening up this process. If Rivka would not go down into the well and take her jug and pick up the water, we would not have access to the Maya. It started with Rivka. She is the one who has the capacity to fill up the Chavdala, the Kad, with the water of the Mayan and bring it out and allow for the whole process that he starts talking about, Torah and Mitzvahs, which produces the Gili of Tchiyas HaMesim here in this world. This is, so to speak, the introduction, the, the prop set up in order to understand the Nekut, to start understanding, to understand all of this. Ma'abchin is Rifka. First of all, who is Rifka? What is Rifka? What's the connection to Rifka? Again, on a literal level, it means she went down and she put, she put, she, she pushed the drew water from the Maya. The Gemara says in Shabbos, every Pasek has its literal interpretation, obviously. On a deeper level, or the way they learn it in Ganeiden, maybe, or here it's even deeper than Ganeiden. Here, the, the way they learn it in the Mayomis and in Ganeiden is Vatamale Kadad, is the remez here of Kadad. Which you see also that this story in Chumash is one of the longest, the longest story in Chumash. It's almost like 60 psukim. You don't have stories that go like this. The story of Eliezer and Rivka at the well goes on and on and on in every detail. And it's repeated. And Eliezer repeats the whole story twice, the way it happened. And then the way he repeats what happened. And as the Gemara, the Madras says, Gufei title nitnu ala that you're not allowed to do 39 malachas on Shabbos doesn't say anywhere in the whole Chumash. It's Birimiz, it's Aremiz, from this word and that word. And here, the story of Arifka went down to the well, occupies an enormous amount of space. It's the longest story in, in, in Chumash, the story of Rivka going down to the well. And the beer, the deeper beer is because it's not just the story of going down to the well. It's rather the story, the beginning of Jewish history, as will be explored. You can't understand Rivka. You don't understand Yitzchak. Because Yitzchak and Rivka work together. Even though, as we'll see, they were two opposites in many, many ways. But to really appreciate, understand who Rivka is, you have to understand who Yitzchak is. So he starts with Yitzchak. Later he'll come back to Rivka. Now he changes the subject from Nahoris and Mayonis and Chavdalad and, and he goes completely off, off to a different subject. He's going to return only later towards the end of the Maimon. The word Yitzchak, we all know, the Pasuk says already in Vayera, is the concept of Tzchaik, laughter. Sarah said, Yitzchakli. Tzchaik Tzchaik means laughter. And laughter represents tainug, which is geshmak, delight, pleasure. You'll say this was hilarious, it was funny, entertaining, engaging. So that's the concept of tzchaik. The deeper concept of tzchaik is not just somebody makes a joke and everybody laughs, but it represents the tainug ha'elyon l'tzadikim l'asadlam. The tainug ha'elyeh, the pleasure, the delight that tzaddikim, and again, when he says tzaddikim here, it's because of the lashonus of Chazal, but va'amich kulum tzaddik. means every person, every, in, in their own way, they're a tzaddik. Va'amich kulum tzaddikim. The Gemara, the Mishnah says, Kal Yisrael Yashem Chayel, Kal Mabachan, va'amich kulum tzaddik. Lo'asit lavi in the future. Kamashakasuv levyasun zeyat sa'atul asachet. Pasuk says in Tehillim again, in Kuv Dalet, Barchin Avshin. 
same capital of Hashelech Mayamim Banechala, you created the Leviathan to play with him, to enjoy him. The Leviathan is a toy. What's, what's, what's this concept? You created the Leviathan to play with it, to laugh with it. L'sachik also means laugh, like L'sachik. Yitzchak. So the idea here is, and the Gemara says, and Baba is going to be the Sudas Leviathan. L'asul is going to be the Sudas Leviathan. Meaning Leviathan and Sharabar. Leviathan represents a certain type of relationship that creates tzchoik and tainuk and simcha. Leviathan, as he's going to explain what that is. L'sachik boy, and that's going to come out. L'asid lovay, the true pleasure, the true beauty of history. During history, you don't always see the tainuk. You see the avoidah. Like when you're building a house or you're involved in something, you can't sit back and see the whole picture because you're doing it. It's the time of sweat. La'asid lovey means when you have the whole picture. You see it. You know, sometimes you look back at your life and you see how the story comes together. When the story is happening, it doesn't come together at all. Everything is disjointed, fragmented. You don't know what hit you. You're trying to dodge either bullets or baseballs. But uh, hopefully baseballs. But the point is that it's very, very, you're enmeshed in it. And then when the story is over, you can experience the tainuk. That's the idea of l'asad lave, when all of history, l'asad lave is not that it's the future, it's not now. It's just you see what was going on the whole time. You get to see the matching moment when everything comes together, which usually we're not privy to that. We can't live like that. Because every day there's an avoid, you know, responsibilities and duties, etc., but L'asid Lavi represents it all comes together and you have the Gili Hatainu. Azim Pino, exactly. That's the get that. Why do they name him Yitzchak? Yitzchak means he will laugh. Not Yitzchak. Why L'asid? Right? Yitzchak means Evet Lachem. But Sarah said, Schoik Asali Alakim. Now. But he's named for the future. For this, we have to understand what the schoik is. Sarah uses the words schoik asali. And he says, she says, the name that's used is Elikim created the schoik. In other words, this Tainug always comes through Shemelikim. The Tainug, the laughter of Yitzchak, comes through Elikim. The Indian in this is, the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Kishemesh umagain havaya Elikim. It says Yutke Vavke Elikim. Tehillim, I think, pay Dalat. David HaMelech says, Hashem Elikim is a Shemesh and a Mage. What means a Shemesh and a Mage? A son. And a shield. Shemesh umogin Hashem alakim. Hashem alakim is the sun and the shield. The way you learn the Pasuk, everybody learns it. He's giving two terms for Hashem. He's the sun. He gives you light and he protects you. Shemesh umogin Hashem alakim. Taiches the Balatanya, that's not the Pshat. Shemesh umogin Hashem alakim means there's a Shemesh and there's a Mogin for the Shemesh. And that's like Hashem and alakim. That's not two things. Hashem is a son, Hashem is a protector, and we put it together and we use two names. No. Sheshem elikim hu amogin v'nartik al shem The son has what's called a mogin, a seath, it's called a, 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 a 
She's, yeah, it's a nartic, like a, a baitel, something that protects the sun, protects us from the intense light of the sun. So Shema Lekim is the mugge, it's what protects Shema Vaya, like the like the Mogain protect, protects the Shemesh. Shemesh, um, Mogain. That's the relationship of Hashem Havaya, Yudkevovke, and Alakim. What's the meaning? Shem Havaya is Hamahava Meyayin Liyash. Yudkevovke is the divine energy that creates everything from nothing to something. Shahanartik, and then you have the Nartik, which is the protector who Kisui Vehelu. It really eclipses. Sebahalt, it conceals. Shaloyia gilushem avaya. Raka idei levush va'anartika master Allah. That just like the sun, you only have access to the light and the heat of the sun through the nartek of the sun, through that which covers the sun. Shem yutke vafke, which is mahava. Yutke vafke comes from the word yahava, hoiva, right? Hoya, hoiva. It's mahava. It brings into existence everything. Can only flow through the levush of elikim. O kamashal oivaziv hashemesh. Just like the sun, it only brightened up, brightens up the cosmos through a masach, through a curtain. Upargud, like we say, me'achari apargud a veil. Kamoishakasuv makamachin al pasuk vivdila haparoches umachmas nartik umogin zeh. And because of this shield, nasu hanivroyim pchines yesh v'dov nifrit. That's what allows the nivroyim, every created being, to feel itself separate. Why do we feel ourselves completely separate to the point that a person doesn't even necessarily experience his relationship with the divine, even though the entire existence of a person is essentially Shem Havaya, Hashem is creating everything, every single moment. Nonetheless, in Hergish, and feeling, we don't feel a connection. Everyone feels Nifrit. You're on your own. You're on your own in this world. You're alone. You're solitary. Go fight your own battles. You feel completely separate as a separate identity and you're struggling to find what that is. My yesh, my sense of self. Who am I? That's the struggle of humanity. Who am I? So he says, it's all because the Shemesh comes through the Mogain. The more Levushim on the sun, the more veils on the sun. Through the 120 configurations of Elikim, meaning, Elikim is five letters, Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Yud, Mem. Any word, in, any word that has five letters, you could write it in 120 ways. It's hard to imagine, but that's the fact. Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Yud, Mem. Aleph, Hey, Lamed, Yud, Mem. Aleph, Yud, Lamed, Hey, Mem. I'm not going to go through the 120. But the Shem Elikim, like any five letter, has 120 Tzirufim. So it's not a mistake. It means there's different ways how Elikim. Elikim is also a Levush. But then there's where Elikim comes with another Levush, and every Tziruf is a different way the energy comes out with more garments and more veils and more veils. Nimshech lamata ba'asiyah. What's the product here in this world, the world of action? Ha'choyshech va'ahesta b'yoyser. Tremendous concealment and darkness, where a person could live their whole life lost, dark, confused, uncertain, Lonely, not realizing that at every single moment they're absolutely one with the divine. Because the Havaya always comes out through a Lakim. And the Lakim is master. It conceals the relationship. It conceals the clarity. Huh? Encrypts, eclipses, etc. Valkain, Yordan, For this, the soul comes down to this world. Lius, Oivid Elikim. The expression always is an Oivid Elikim. Huh? 
So literally the Pshat is He serves Hashem. Obviously that's Emes. So he says it's much deeper than that. Oivet Elikim means one of the malachas of Shabbos is ma'abed. What's ma'abed? Ma'abed is, you take the ur, it's called tanning, you take the iris, the hide, the, 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 the skin of an animal, and it's not usable at the moment. Saimitzah the hair, saimitzah the odor, you have to process it. It has to be recreated, and it's a tremendous avoid, it's called ma'abed, ois arbitim. Shred on it and work on it and and mix it with salts and waters and different spices until it we turn it into uh, whether it's parchment or leather, whatever the whatever the final product is. This is called ma'abed, which is one of the malachas on Shabbos. Oyved comes from that word ma'abed. To work through, to fix, to repair. The darkness that comes because of Elikim. To transform darkness into light. That's Pshara Oyved Elikim. Oyved Elikim means that the Neshama comes down to work through Elikim. As a result of Elikim, there is a lot of confusion in life. There's struggle in life. A person doesn't feel their divine identity. They don't feel their closeness, their, in, their intimacy. Because Havai is being communicated through Elikim. If there wouldn't be Shem Elikim, there wouldn't be a sense of separateness. If the doors of perception were cleansed, as somebody would say, somebody once said, if the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear as is, infinite. Infinite means there was everything is one, there's oneness in the world, there's oneness in a person, there's oneness in the entire cosmos. There's no separation, not between you and me, not between me and God, because the whole sense of yesh, only comes as a result of the Hester, the fact that Shem Havaya is concealed. And therefore, I now have to find myself, struggle with my identity, and deal with all types of issues that people deal with, from fears to traumas to insecurities, to all the challenges that comes from the lack of realizing your true infinite power, your true infinite greatness, because of your oneness. There's a flow, there's a seamless flow, but I don't feel it. Oyved alakim means to work it through, not to get stuck in the chayshech, but to work it through and transform the darkness into light. Transform darkness into light means to clear it up, to clear up the confusion, to be able to allow the flow to come through and not let anything interrupt, interrupt the music. That's why the pasuk says, Hashem created. What's the lashon? We say it in the kiddush, right? So the Mepharshim say, He rested from the Malacha that he, create, that he created. He rested from the work that he did. So the Medrash Rabbah says, the purpose of creation of Elohim was Lasois. That now it's time for you to work. Lasakin, to be Besakin. In other words, when you encounter Choshech and Hester, the last thing to do is to get in the spall, to, to duck, to become meek, to get lost in the process, to become a victim. Because when I become a victim, what it basically means is I, I, I missed the whole point. 
the whole point of the lasos of the Likim was lasake. It was an invitation for you to fix, to repair, to open up. So when you encounter those moments, and everybody encounters them in their own way, whatever it may be, intellectually, emotionally, experientially, where there's the flow is interrupted, the natural flow is interrupted through all types of what we like to call issues or baggage or toxicity for those who are more developed in this area and have more experience. Yeah. So when you see toxicity, basically what's happening is that your energy is just getting stuck. There's just a stuckness here. So when somebody encounters that, they can surrender, they can become a victim, they can despair. What he's saying here is the whole purpose of the neshama coming down is to be an oivadilikin. Don't get the stall from it. Don't get affected by it. On the contrary, now starts your avoida to be able to to take this darkness and transform it, transform it into light. And this is the bitl hayesh la'ayin, where the yesh, the separateness, goes back to the ayin. Ayin literally means nothingness. In other words, where there's nothing separate from the source because the yesh, the sense of self is one with with all. And he says, Generally, this is done in davening, where the soul surrenders, the soul goes back to its source. That's what davening is. Davening is going out of Elikim, bringing Elikim back to the source. And th- then through Torah and through Mitzvah, three things. That's Pshat. The laughter comes only from Elikim. Laughter in life, you can only laugh in life if you have Shem Elikim. Commercial is an interesting metaphor. Commercial hasarim. In the Balatanya's times, this was a very popular thing. It's still popular in some places. The, the real uh, Feinschmeckers, the monarchy, the Sarim, the great powerful ministers, huh? the nobility. nobility, they used to, they needed entertainment. They didn't have to sit in the farms a whole day in Belarus and, and Ukraine and Lithuania. They needed entertainment. So what they do? So it's always Midovar Chadosh. They always needed the novelty. Right? People need novelty for entertainment. They would have these, uh, what were they called? Uh, uh, the gladiators, yeah? And they would place a lion with another chai, another powerful chai, and they would watch the battle. And this was a tremendous tainuk uh, for them. She says, what, what's, 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 what? So Bepashtus, you say, it's cruelty, which is true. But in everything you have to understand, there's something that you could learn from it. What's licked in them? So he says, May I schatschus nimshachatschoik vatainu. Schoik and tainu, laughter and pleasure always comes from the schatschus, from the newness, from the unexpected. Who's going to win? In America, they call it Sunday football. <laughs> but the same concept, who's going to win? If somebody already, if you know who's going to win before the game, <laughs> it's nishgut. Right? Those who, who can't be at the game, they videotape it because they couldn't watch it. You have to make sure not to tell them who won because the excitement is. The expectation, what's going to happen? The greatest is the newness in life. This is where human creativity comes in. This kevayachal doesn't come from Hashem. By Hashem is Einoid Mulvada. The creativity of the human being is that a person who's completely separate. 
has the ability to himself, to align himself with the divine, to surrender the separateness that creates the greatest that creates the greatest laughter, as he will go on to explain. So the summation till now, what we learned this very briefly was that uh, are the rivers Mayim Rabin the Zohar identifies as the great river from which many rivers come the Balatanya explained that there are the wells, the springs under the ground, that's not visible and from the springs come the rivers which are visible first river that's mentioned is the river that came from Eden to irrigate the garden, Gan Eden. And from there, the Torah says in Bereshis, it's split up into many other rivers. But they're rooted in the Mayonis, in the springs that are subterranean beneath the earth that you can only access by digging, sometimes digging very, very deep. What we call the Tahoim, deep under the ground. Spiritually, everything in the physical world is a reflection of the spiritual world. The Gemara says, So in Torah, you also have these two things. The springs of Torah, the Mayonis of Torah. What he called, The divine reality of Torah that is not accessible. It's not articulated or defined in terms that are easily accessible to the mind, even the highest mind. It's a diff- different type of chachmiyadi, even though it's the source of all of Torah. And we'll soon see what that means more, a little more, what that means. And then there's the element of Torah, which are called the Naharis of Torah, the rivers of Torah. And that itself, you have the Nahar, Yoytzim, Yedim, Lahashkas, Asagan. Nahar comes from the word Nahar. The Gemara says in the beginning of Masech Tepsachim, right after the Mishnah. I didn't realize the connection. <laughs> But that Nahar means light. It lights up. The morning lights up. Morning brightened, uh, lights up the, 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 the world, the planet, the earth. And uh, that's Nahar because the Nahar is already the Gilu. It's the revelation. It's the light. The Mayan comes to light. Under earth, it doesn't come to light. There's no nahar, there's no air. On the contrary, it's completely dark and eclipsed. In Ganeidin, you have the first gilui, the ziv hashchina. There's a ray. Ziv also means light. Also, ziv means light, right? We say in the Valetzian, ziv yikare. So, ziv in the Ganeidin is also the light that comes from the Mayan. And from there it splits up into many rivers, as he says, every person, every tzaddik, according to his according to his capacity. And that's the Chiddush of the Pasuk, that there's a love that's even deeper than the power of the Mayim Rabbim, than all of these rivers. And therefore it doesn't silence the love, it doesn't extinguish the love. There's something deeper, because this, this is... The love is, as he says, mm-hmm. can't satisfy it. That's something connected more that is reached in this world through Torah and Mitzvahs. What does all this mean? So for this, he started to explain the story of Rifkin, Parshish Chayisara, 
that Eliezer saw Rivka going down <coughs> into the Maya, Vatered Ha'aina. Vatemali Kadash, she filled up her Kad, which she tied his Kad. Also, as a remez, it's a hint for the 24 Svarim of the Tanakh. And that she filled up from where? From the Mayan. She had to go down under the ground. That's, they dug they dug up the Mayan as they used to do. They still do in order for her to draw water. And this happens through Rifka. Rifka is the one who can access the Mayan and allow us throughout all the generations to access the Mayan through Torah Mitras, which will be revealed fully during Chiyas HaMais. To understand this, he says, we have to explain what Yitzchak is. Yitzchak means laughter, but not just laughter, it's future laughter. Yitzchak, with a yud in the beginning, is Yitzchak, he will laugh. It's laughing in the future. Tzachak, without a yud, is laughing in the past. Tzachik is laughing in the present. And Yitzchak is, he will laugh in the future. Like we say in Tehillim, Oz yimalei tzachik pinu What is the idea of this? This is started to explain the Pasuk and Tehillim. Shemesh umogen Hashem elikim. It's not Stam being poetic, using two names for Hashem. Hashem is the sun, Hashem is the shield, He gives us light, He gives us protection. No, the Hashem and elikim have a relationship like the Shemesh and the Mogen. We wouldn't be able to experience the sun if the sun was not covered by a nartik, by a shield, which is called the Mogen. Gemara says famously that one day Kaddish Baruch Hu might see Chamam in Artiki, will take the sun out of its container. And as a result of that, the heat and the light is too intense. So the Shemesh, in order for us to enjoy it, to benefit from it, it has to be eclipsed. If it wouldn't be eclipsed, we would burn up from the intensity of the heat. The same is true. Ki Shemesh umogin elikim. What Mogin is to the Shemesh physically Elikim is to Yudke Vavke. represents the divine energy that fills and creates the entire world and everything in the world from nothing to something every moment. If that would be completely revealed and manifested, like the Shemesh, there would cease to be a sense of I and separateness. Just like the heat of the sun, you wouldn't be able to exist, you would be burnt up by it. You can't be a person observing the sun because when the fire is too powerful, you get burnt up, you become consumed by it. So the Shemesh needs a Mogin. In order for there to be a Nivra, to be a created being who's separate, who senses himself or herself as completely separate and even detached and lonely, and a Dover Nifrit, as he puts it, a Yesh and Dover Nifrit, completely separate, that's what a Likim does. A Likim is the Nartik for Shem Avaya. And the more Nartikim, the more garments, the more veils, the more curtains, the more concealment. Each world... When we speak about in Torah there's always a discussion about worlds, many worlds. What do we mean different worlds? Every world in Hebrew means Oilam. Oilam comes from the word Helam. The Gemara says that in Psachim. Oilam comes from the word Helam, concealment. For there to be any world, there has to be concealment. For there to be Metzias, for there to be a self-contained reality, there has to be a concealment. There's no oilam without helam. The question is how deep the helam, how powerful the concealment, how deep, how much is the sense of detachment. Every world is a product of another level of concealment. The sun has many different containers, so to speak, spiritually speaking. If Havaya is eclipsed by one type of elikim, you can have a very holy world, which you would call Atsilis or Ganadin. If there's another, if there's a, a more intense elikim, 
as he says, there's 120 combinations of how you could write a lakim, which represents 120 different types of energies. The more levushim, the more veils, the more containers, the more separateness, the more detached, till the point where there's a world where there's complete darkness. You feel absolutely no connection with anything higher. You feel absolutely alone. You feel completely separate. And in this world itself, every person is in a different place. Every creature is in a different place. Every type of existence has its own unique way it experiences reality, even within people themselves, even within one family. Everyone experiences reality. Some people experience reality in very, with very bright colors, and some people experience reality in very dark colors. They live in the same world. They could be in the same room right now. If you go through this room, every single person, we're in the same room, but nobody's in the same place. As the says, where your thoughts are. That's where you are. So you can have two people sitting on the same couch, sitting by the same table, sitting in the same office, sitting by the same shia, sitting by the same meeting. Geographically, they're in the same place. Emotionally, conceptually, existentially, they are light years, sometimes light years away. One guy is in heaven, the other guy is in Gehenna. One guy is in the abyss, the other guy is flying high. One guy thinks he's on top of the world, and the other guy feels that the world is coming, his, his entire world is coming to an end. And everything in between. So in other words, in every person's experience, and sometimes it changes from hour to hour too. Elikim <laughs> is dynamic. It's not this, and it's all a product because this the, the flow is not simple. The flow of energy from the divine to the person and to the world is blocked. And the, he says the neshama comes down lamata to be an oivad elikim. Everyone has their elikim to work through, to be mahapach the choshech lahar to remove. The, the blockages, whatever those blockages mean, and transform the darkness into light. So it's not a reason to give despair, it's an opportunity. Every person's mission is to be an oivid elikim, as he teaches, what's our oivid elikim, not just to serve Hashem, to be ma'abed, to do the charbet, and to be mesaken, la'abed, as we say, to rafinirin in, in Yiddish, it's rafinirin. In English, there's a word refine, it's the same word. <laughs> to refine. Not Shema Lekim doesn't have to be refined, it's God's name. But the impact of Elikim on the person has to be has to be refined. That's why the Pasuk says, The purpose of creation was Tlesake. The world is not a full, complete product. A world was given to us, and now comes our Tikkun. And this is generally the avoid of what we call Bittl. And he says in Yiddishkeit, there's just three strands of Tefillah, Torah and Mitzvah, through which one connects to this. And this is the source of tzchayt. This is where we're holding. This is the source of tzchayt. Let's see, right? You see, we're holding Yudches Amid Aleph, Yudches Column 1, which is page 35. And he started to say, okay, we could, we'll start again the first line. V'zel tzchayt asa li'elikim. She'ikir ha-tzchayt v'tainug ha'el yenim shechad Hashem elikim. The great tainug, the great delight of Hashem always comes through elikim. K'mosh lo'tzchayt sh'ayisim asarim. That's what you see, the noble nobility. They have these animal fights of an a lion with another animal. They need equal comp- competition. They'll put in a tiger, they'll put in a bear, they'll put in a lion, whatever they do. And uh, they, they, they like the competition, the hischachos, the newness. It's not predictable. Because it's like wrestling. People watch wrestling matches and boxing matches and all types of 
of matches, whatever they are, and, and the, 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 t- the tension of what's going to happen gets people excited. Well, sometimes they're cruel. That's not the point. But the point is, the excitement comes from the hischachos, from the creativity. The only thing new that happens in the world, really new, is that the yesh can come back, can align itself with the ayin. Yesh means something. Ayin means nothing. In other words, that the yesh can allow itself to go back to the ayin. To experience itself not as something separate, but as part of the divine, which is always called ayin. The reason it's called ayin is why is it called nothing? We say the world is created may ayin liyesh. So one of the explanations, as he says in a few maimarim, is different ones, but one of them is because in the perception of the yesh, it doesn't exist. The divine is not part of reality. It's not. It's not tangible. So from the perspective of the Yesh, it's called Ayin. doesn't exist. It's Ayin. So this is the great Hishachos. Shan Nivri, Shanasa, Yesh, Vedavar, Nifrit, Yuchelavat, Lasatzma. Mashenkinim lo yashem elikim master. If there was no elikim concealing, lo hoyanim shabchidat zchoyk v'tayinuk zeklam. This type of laughter and ecstasy, delight, pleasure, gishmak, couldn't be accessed. Imkain, ikir hatzchoyk v'tayinuk, osolono Hashem elikim. So sorry, Menu says It's a lakim that generates. It's a lakim that that creates that creates the catalyst, the springboard. It becomes the foundation for the tzchoyk. I alakim is the opposite. Alakim is master or malim. But he says, yeah. But because of the sibe, because of the cause of alakim, nimshach ha'tainug. It could be the only tainug v'hainuai. They have bittul, bittul ayesh layan, the bittul of the yesh tadai. What does this mean? What does what what is the Balatanya saying here? We see about laughter, he associates tzchoik with his chachos. Laughter is associated with newness, his chachos the word chiddush, something new. If you ask a question, what makes people laugh? What makes people laugh? When you hear a good joke, what makes you laugh? Anybody knows? It's too early, huh? It's too early in the morning. The twist at the end. Oh, the twist at the end. How many times can you hear the same joke and laugh? How many times? Unless a real professional who knows how to say it. But that's also, he says it. So, huh? so you can hear, yeah, the, somebody from once said, yeah, you can repeat a joke. Somebody once told me when you give sermons, you give speeches, he says you can repeat a joke once a year. At the end of the year, they'll forget it. You could repeat a story once in two years, because people remember stories, and he said, at Vartaita, you could repeat twice in the same sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you just laugh? <laughs> always. It's always the unexpected punchline. If the punchline is expected, people don't laugh. So you can hear a joke once, maybe you'll hear it twice. Somebody starts repeating it, it's not funny anymore. I has gelacht you will yes, yesterday you were plotting. It was hilarious. What changed? The answer is it's all about the unexpected. Other things are not that way. You'll have a song. You can hear the same song a thousand times. If you love a song, you can listen to it. How long? Teenagers who have a lot of time on their hands sometimes will repeat the same song for, for days, for weeks, for months, and so forth. I was once at a program in a hotel with uh, Mordechai and David. And I was giving, and 
gesagt and I had gesungen. I was speaking and he was singing. So he got up to sing and uh, he was singing all of his new songs. And the island wasn't uh, excited. So he said, what do you guys want? The oldies. We want the oldies, the oldies. Shema Yisrael, whatever his old uh, songs. So he said, I was sitting in the front row at his concert. So he said, you know, there's something unfair going on here. And by YY said a speech yesterday, and people were complaining, we heard it already. <laughs> we heard it already. Yeah, this he said, that he said. With me, you only want what you heard already. He has to come up with something new every time. Me, if I can't, if I come up with something new, you don't like it, man. This is not. We want the oldies. Why is that? He left it by a question. But the truth is, it's an interesting thing. A niggin is different. A niggin touches a place where you want the oldies. <laughs> you want the old one. When it comes to ideas, it's very different. When it comes to laughter, it's the opposite extreme. The moment it's old, there's no laughter. You need the something new, something unexpected. Any comedian, this is the skill. The skill is to take people into a direction. They think they're going one way, and he takes them a different. And when they think they end up there, he takes them somewhere else, and then there becomes a double laugh and a triple laugh, and a laugh on a laugh and a laugh on a laugh, which is called success. But it's all one akud, his hatches. And therefore, you'll see the marshal if a, uh, a child speaks like an adult. Sometimes you'll have a four-year-old, three-year-old say things, you know, like that adults say. And everyone starts laughing. You have an adult speaks like a child, I guess everybody starts crying. <laughs> but uh, wh why are people laughing? What's the neglect there is? Because children are supposed to be children. And when the child somehow assumes the persona of an adult, it's an unexpected punchline. It's always about the punchline. And you'll see... You'll say a person has a good sense of humor. What does it mean they have a good sense of humor? What's the definition of humor? A conventional situation, you're stuck with a flat tire somewhere on the highway. A person with a lousy sense of humor just sees it for what it is. A person with a sense of humor, you just you know how to twist things. You bring out the irony of it, the uniqueness of it. You know how to make light light of things. It's just it's it's a perspective. It's a way of turning around the same circumstance, the same reality. But there's a double chadash. A way of looking at it. And that's always what creates tzchayk. That's the secret of tzchayk. Now the question is, what's the funniest thing in the world? According to this definition of tzchayk, what is the funniest joke in the world? So the Balatanya says, the funniest the funniest thing in the world is bitl. <laughs> bitl hayesh la'ayin. That's the most unexpected thing in the world. In other words, if you are a narcissistic, self-centered, depressed, insecure, egotistical maniac, that's expected. 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 You're just here for yourself, trying to protect yourself, trying to survive in a jungle. According to those shittas, that a person, essentially, is an animal. So the laws of the jungle apply to him, and a person evolved from animals. So what do you expect? You expect a tiger not to be a tiger, and the cheetah not to be a cheetah, and the lioness not to be a lioness. It's expected. Ayid once came to a rav, and he said, uh, I want a divorce. Rav said, <laughs> 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 
you and Columbus discovered America. Fine. Person says they're struggling in their marriage. Of course, two people each has issues with a lot of baggage and luggage and issues. Of course, you struggle. That's not a chiddush. <laughs> That's the that punchline we know already. The chiddush of life is that a person. The chiddush of life is mysterious nefesh. The chiddush of life is that the soul can surprise the ego. The chiddush of life is that. There is idealism in a person that you could transcend the predictable, that you can actually create an unexpected punchline in life. Yes, predictable. You should have been mamish shechvezvul. I met yesterday somebody. They've been through I don't know shiva meduri gehenem, shiva eser meduri gehenem, and back. And. Uh, and I was extremely inspired by the person, their tenaciousness to come out of it and live a, a meaningful life, an honest life, dealing with it, but, but productive and, and, and positive. And I told the person, I said, you know, you're a source of inspiration because if you would give me the resume of your life and you would ask me to predict where you are today, I would say you're either before the overdose or after the overdose. or Obedarten haltus. So a person looks at the patterns of life, there's a certain expected way. And so much of life is conditioned. I don't choose who my parents are. You didn't choose which home to grow up in. You didn't choose which community to grow up in. You didn't choose which genes to have. You didn't choose which mental challenges to have. None of these are choices. Our period begins all after that. You have your home. You have your chemical makeup. You have your issues. None of this was chosen by anybody. This is completely beyond period. Now the only question is, are you going to give us a predictable punchline? Are you going to give us an unpredictable punchline? That's the only theory you have. The predictable punchline means, okay, this is what happened to me. This is the way I'm going to go. The unpredictable punchline is tzchayk asaliyah The unpredictable punchline can only happen in this world. Before creation of this world and even after creation, but not in this world, there's no tzchayk. Everything is predictable. An angel never surprises anybody. Malach Michal never makes jokes. He's a serious guy. He's a nice guy, but he's a serious guy. Neshamas and Ganadin don't surprise anybody. Animals don't surprise anybody. Very unique. Very unique. It should be a surprise. You could follow the ants. They don't get lazy. You can learn a lot from them, but it's predictable. Computers don't surprise people. Robots don't surprise us. That's what makes them robots. It's a predictable world. The uniqueness of this world is Tzchoyk Asalanu God wanted to create laughter, to generate the tzchoyk and tainu that comes from that which you couldn't anticipate, you couldn't expect. That's the nekud of bitl. When a person takes their yesh and decides to, 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 to um, rupture, to uh, disrupt, to puncture, to puncture the darkness, to say that beyond the darkness there's light, Beyond the darkness, there is the divine. That there is a wholesomeness in the world. There's a oneness in the world. Ah, wow, that's schoik. That schoik could only happen through Alakim. Because if everything would be obvious and gilly, it wouldn't be unpredictable. It's this hapcha, it's the creativity, it's this chachos, it's the unexpected. That's where human life becomes dramatic. That can only happen with Alakim. That's the schoik that comes from the Helam and Hester. There's no Helam and Hester. There's no concealment, there's no, there's no surprise. There's nothing new. 
It's all expected. That's why Malachim, what they weigh their program, Malachim are called Chayas HaKadosh in Davening. Why are they called Chayas HaKadosh? Because they're like animals. They're holy animals. And you can't expect the animal to do something unpredictable. That's what makes it an animal. And it's not bad or good. Sometimes it's delicious. Sometimes it's not delicious. But the patterns are clear. But when the human being can actually say, you know, my mind is saying this way. I'm gravitating this. My nature says this. All my fears are telling me, don't pick up the phone. Don't go here. Don't say this. Don't do this. And then you surprise your own fear. You surprise your own insecurity. You surprise your own sense of separateness. And you go beyond it. Thus is the tzchayt. That's the taino. And that's a unique taino that can only happen through Allah because it's the ischatras. It's the only thing that's known. So God created the world basically what he's saying is, we will soon see, it's only Elikim that creates Tzchayk. It's the Tzchayk for which the world was created in order to generate laughter. And that happens only through the human being, the human soul who struggles with choosing what punchline I'm going to create. Which is why humor is so integral to Judaism. That's why the name, as we will soon see, the name of the first Jewish boy is Yitzchak. If you think about it, it's a very strange name to give a kid. I mean, I have the same issue. It's my name too. I mean, think about it in English. You have a boy, first Jewish kid in history. Avram wasn't born a Jew, became a Jew. Yitzchak is the first Jewish boy in history. You got to give him a name. So what do you give him a name? A joke. It's great for your therapist. A joke, laughter. Really? Agelechte in Yiddish. You name your child Agelechte. A comedy scene. What does that do for self-confidence? Kol Yitzchakli. Because everyone is laughing. That's the, the kid that's the sufferer. Now we're used to Yitzchak, but think about the name. And it gets better. He names his son Yaakov, which is a heel. So the joke name becomes a heel. You see the pattern. It's very strict. That's why the kid has to deal with what was to for the kid. So you have to say that in this name somehow is encapsulated the essence of the Jewish story, and that's why the first Jewish child is named Laughter. Why? Now we can understand. The entire purpose of Yeridus and Hashem Lamata is is to generate laughter. To generate a punchline that was unexpected. Where the soul surprises the mind. Human idealism. Human transcendence. What he calls here, bitl, besiris nefesh, bitl ayeshla ayin. The heroism that comes from the nobility. Where you surprise yourself. You surprise yourself every single day. Every day you got to make a new joke. You can't repeat yesterday's joke. <laughs> and that's why the alakim of yesterday is not the alakim of today. Every day... The stage is set for a new joke. <laughs> Yesterday's day is already an out. It's an old one. It's an oldie, as they say. <laughs> if you want a joke, you need a new one. So there's going to be a new issue. A new, uh, so to speak, a new layer. And that's the tzchok of today. It's the avoid of today. So therefore, it's, uh, that's the concept of the time. That's why you associate tzchok with tainuk. It's a certain tainuk that comes from that surprise. You're startled. You're surprised. Creates a tremendous pleasure. That's why we say Azimari Tzchokli. Yes, we'll see now. This is one of the reasons Jews have an association with humor. There's, there's a connection between Jews and humor. 
The first Jewish boy was called Yitzchak. So it's not just dumb jokes. It's 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 the concept of humor in its deepest sense, what it represents. But when when does the ultimate schoik get come out only when the bitter of tikkun of elikim is finished? Till then, it's still in the middle of telling the joke, so to speak. You know, you don't know what the punchline is going to be. Huh? There's still the suspense. So it goes this way, it goes that way. He, does, he doesn't say there's no tzchoyk before. He says, Iker ha The primary tzchoyk, because when somebody understands what's going on, there's a certain tzchoyk throughout when you see the bigger picture. But the real, ultimate, primary tzchoyk is kshenishlam habiru. We see this by the creation of On Friday it says, Vayara lekim es kol when a person does work, like by Hashem, only when you finish the whole malacha, then the tainuk ultimately comes out. Because now you don't have mental space to deal with the tainuk. Now you got to get the job done. You see this in any malacha. You have a project. You're in a project. During the project, you, you know that there's a time, okay? That's why you're doing it. You're not doing it stam. That's why you're working hard. But focus is the sweat. It's the avoid. It's the malacha. And there's always projects in life. person builds a house. There's tainuk throughout. But that tainuk is eclipsed by the heartache of the contractor's mistakes. Which sometimes destroys the tainuk completely because the house that you get is not the house you wanted. As anybody who tried building a house knows. You have to get lucky. But and ideally, let's say you get the right person. Throughout, there's just there's so much work. You don't have the mental space to experience the tainuk. Even though there's tainuk throughout, that's, that's what's driving you. But at the end, when you see the full picture, you know, you take that deep breath and you're like, wow. And if the malacha was really done according to plan, there's a special tainuk in that. So now could be Shabbos. It's not like people think Shabbos is Stamaps the seventh day. Shabbos comes from the six week, from the six days. The tainuk comes from the Gemara Malacha. Shabbos comes from the six days. It's not like the Gemara says Shabbos Shabbos is not born in a vacuum. The same is true the spiritual Shabbos. So the main schoik happens after the malacha. Now primarily the Eisek is the business, the involvement is to be an oivad alikim, like he explained what oivad is. When the birurim are completed, and the word birurim here is very is very precise. The word birurim comes from the word boirer, the malachas Shabbos, which means to select, to dissect, to separate. What does boirer mean? Oiskleiben, right? Livrar, to, to be boirer, to, to select. Why do, you have to, why do you have to separate and select? Because the psoilus, in Hilchah Shabbos you have. In Hilchah Shabbos you have the malacha of boirer. What is it? The psoilus and the oichel, as it's called in Gemara, or in Shulchan Aruch, the dirt and the oichel and the edible food, or the food you want, the food you don't want, mixed together. And the avoid of birurim is to be boir. That's what life is. That's what he calls the whole malach of, of history. Is avoid of birurim. To be able to look at your life and say, this is psoilus, this is toiv. This I embrace, this has to stay on the side. I may not be able to get rid of it. But this goes on the right side of the plate, this goes on the left side of the plate. Not on Shabbos. 
Shabbos is no boyer. But till Shabbos is dafka boyer. That's called Avaida Sabiruda. There's no day in which there's no Avaida Sabiruda. Avaida Sabiruda is between moods, emotions, expectations, experiences. What you embrace as your own, what are your values, and what are there just to keep you humble and normal. <laughs> they're also there, but their function is a different function. That's the avoid of Birudim. As I, when that's finished, as I ksiv, the Pasik says, the face of the world will have a new face, a facelift. There'll be the gilui of the tzchik. The tzchik is there a whole time. The tzchik is what fuels it. The tainug is what fuels it. There's a tainug here. But the ultimate revelation, the explosion of it, when you see the final product, like the punchline, when it's done, ah, it's all over. The gilui is that happens then. That's why when Avram and Sarah name him Yitzchak, it's not like there's no Tzchak. There was already Tzchak. They said Tzchak Asa Lielikim. Asa Belashnava. Kal Hashemei It's not only in the future, it's also now. The answer is, Shala Asid Yia Gilu Tzchak V'Tainugza. That the great Gilu, the revelation of this Tzchak and Tainug, is Davka something of the future and therefore it's Yitzchak. Even though there's a Tzchak throughout. There's a buyer in this, in this uh, story. You, you described the tzchayk, but where, where? It's the the the, the, the is to be able to find the iron and the choshech. The the and the magen are mixed. The iron and the choshech are mixed, and to be able to separate and to be able to see the choshech only as a as a springboard, as a catalyst, and you could go beyond it. That's what Bavay the Saberurim is. Specifically, in the story of the Yitzchak, the Yitzchak isn't that what we're saying that the. No, no, I'm just, I'm explaining why he calls this Avoid Avoid Sabirurim. This Avoid of transforming darkness into light is always the Avoid of Rim, because everything is mixed up, and it's very hard to recognize, to have clarity. The clarity is the challenge. The clarity. Right, to give a simple example, you'll have in a person's life, you'll sometimes experience a very intense emotion. That emotion can take over the entire person. And it takes the person away from what they really want, what they really need, what they really yearn. And the emotion says, this is who I am. What's Birudim over there? Birudim is, you can't get rid of it, but you have to be able to do Bayr. You have to say, no, this is not who I am. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on right now in my heart. But it doesn't constitute my story. And therefore, I could choose a different path. I can choose to express myself differently. I could choose to say something that will surprise that emotion. You understand what I'm saying? You want me to be more specific? I'll be more specific. A person, for example, I'll talk about uh, the boring topic of relationships. Rabbi Litzman, is that fine? <laughs> You want to go straight, go to marriage. Fine, I'm going to say that. It's in marriage, of course, but it's really in all relationships. I mean, in marriage, it comes out because it's, the, you know, it's, 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 it's constant and it's perpetual, but it's in really in every relationship. A person has taken over, somebody says something, somebody does something, or you think somebody did something, or you, exp- or, 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 or you go through something. As a result of that, you experience a very, very difficult and negative emotion to this person. 
the emotion is telling you this is what you feel about this person, right? And it's it's completely alienating you from that person. So now, what's the avoid here? One 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 way is fine. That's it. That's what you accept as truth, and you follow that. And sometimes that may be, and sometimes in different situations, that may even be true. But very often it's not that case. It's not that. It's not the case. The Choshech is eclipsing completely the Ur, which means if I could look at that emotion and say, this is not the truth of what I really, really believe or what I really, really want or what I really, really value in my life. It's coming as a result of maybe my own stuff, my own problems, my own insecurities, my own fears, my own traumas, my own difficulties, my own challenges, whatever it is, or the other person's traumas and the interaction is making it so complicated. And therefore, instead of telling the person, I'm not interested in you anymore, why don't we cut off our relationship, I'll move to New Zealand, you can move to Los Angeles, so there'll be distance, and uh, and that's it, chasal the Pesach, it's over, and you say, I'm very honest, I'm being very honest. The only challenge is when you're being very honest, based on an emotion that you had now, it erupted. But what if the person could realize, no, the emotion has a place. But the emotion represents a choshech in me, which has a place in me. I'm going to do avayda sabirur. Avayda sabirur means you tell the person, I want to share something honestly with you. And that is, as a result of my own experiences, I am now having this and this emotion, which is my struggle that I have to work through. What happens now? If there is really a relationship there, it actually makes you closer. Because what happens now is, you connected in that that place that was about to break you. The deepest connections are the connections that happen in the places that are about to break you. Because if the connections happen only in the places that were connected, in the places that were disconnected, there's no connection. But if we can go to the places where we're disconnected and bring in connection over there, meaning bring you into that experience of mine, help you see me from that place, and I could be vulnerable and share that, of course, if I'm going to be attacked, it's not going to work for long. But it can happen with both parties. Then what happened? Now you did. There's psoilus, and it's going to come back again. But instead of worshipping it and becoming a victim to it, you dug, you dug, you separated it, you gave it its place, but you chose to connect rather than disconnect. But if you would have asked that emotion to make a decision, what would the emotion say? Of course disconnect. Because that's what the emotion is saying. You're this, you're sick. I, it's, you're not good. You, you, you make me crazy. You get me angry. This, why do I need this? You're making my life difficult. What if that's just a response of my own stuff that I have to work through? So some people worship it and that becomes their whole life. And they remain forever in their own clip, in their own shell, because they never had the bitter. There's, there's thousands of the gemoyas for this. I'm just giving one very common example comes into a person's life. You can't get rid of it, but you can give it its place, and then go to the oir in you, and then fakert. You mahapach the choshech The choshech itself, you work through, that it shouldn't distract you from the light, but it should be transformed. It becomes a springboard for new awareness. It becomes a springboard for a deeper relationship, because the next time around, when you have a document, and it's opposed, and Bezdin confirms it, and Halach it's considered more powerful than a star that nobody ever opposed. When you have a document that nobody ever opposed, nobody said it's false, it's also fine. 
But when it was opposed, and Bezdin confirmed it, it's a much stronger document than Halacha. It's an interesting thing. Why? Because it survived. It survived crisis. It survived disintegration. Glat is a snisht. So when it comes to Kashrus Taka, there's the concept of Bosser, that there was a Shaila on it, the Gemara says, in Yechesko, in Chulin, that there were those who stayed awake, but that's part of, that was a different Indian. But the Nekuda is, when the relationship can survive that, the place where we could break, the Choshech is transformed. Now the Choshech becomes a springboard. Because basically I'm bringing into the relationship my insecurities and my vulnerabilities, which threaten to take me away from you, and I'm bringing that into the relationship. And if both sides can communicate on that level, you have a pretty magical situation. So does the challenge disappear? Each other no, it's going to come back tomorrow in a different way. But that a clock. So come the the But the truth is, once you worked it through, you worked it through. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying. So what comes back is a more subtle. So it's more subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Test, yes, more familiar. Familiar. <laughs> Once you're familiar, but but sometimes the next and the emotions know the clippers know that. So the next day they'll come with much more ferociousness because they got to trap you. They mature. Even if you share with yourself, it's avoid the subroom. That's why I said it's not only about marriage, it's about yourself. Even to make, of course, it starts with yourself. It doesn't start, it never starts with another person. It always starts with yourself. Conversations with other people are only continuations of conversations with ourselves. You can't tell anybody anything if you haven't had the conversation with you first. And those who do, Taka sounds that way. You know? So it's always a conversation with yourself first. The conversation with yourself will ex- define exactly how the conversation w- with others will go. Now, sometimes the relationship is not one that demands that. It's not, you know, a plumber comes to your house. You don't need so much avoid the sabirudim. He needs to do avoid the sabirudim in the, in, in the system. There's a void from the Baal Shem Tev. There's a safe from the Baal called Savos or Rivosh. It's not as Savos, but it's short titles that were written by Talmud. Moshem Tov asks a question. Just the question itself is fascinating. He says there, one of the, the earlier titles of it, I think. He says, Avoidus Hashem is constant. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Enoid Movada. But the Moshem Tov, that was his Yisoyed, that there's an opportunity for Dveikus. He puts it, the word Dveikus at every moment. Dveikus means intimacy. So he asks to Shiloh, what about in the Beis That's a Shiloh. What happens with Dveikus in the Beis can't learn, you can't daven. That's the, that's the shadow of the Bashamtiv. And his answer is that's the whole concept of Birudim. The body itself is testifying to the fact that life is exists only through Birudim. That's what happens. The body, when the moment you digest something, the moment it comes into your tongue, people don't realize digestion doesn't start. In the abdomen, and the st- digestion starts on the tongue. There are already components in the tongue that begin differentiating. Once it goes down the esophagus, the right away the body gets to work. We go do our own thing. But the body is not uh, not lazy. The body gets to work. What's the body doing then? All bidudim. 
Das is toiv, das is ra. This goes into the bloodstream, this goes to the fat. This we could hold on, this we can't get a hold on to. This is poison. Okay, Now we got to get you sick because the body needs some some better red blood cells. But the body is always doing birurim. And then at some point the body says, okay, time to eject. This has absolutely no place. This is complete psoilus. This psoilus is called fat that the body will hold on to. And some of us... Uh, believe in that type of birurim, and the birurim, and then there's the birurim where the body completely ejects. As Hashem Tov said, that's what dveikus is. Dveikus doesn't mean you're always intimate. Dveikus means you always have the clarity. Birurim comes from the word borer. Borer. What does borer mean? Clear. You would think it's the opposite. Borer means it's unclear. No, because real clarity doesn't mean there's no confusion. <laughs> Real clarity means you have clarity to be able to be boyer. That's clarity. That's what happens. He says that's what dveikus. Dveikus doesn't mean you're one without any without any challenge. Dveikus means you can always be one because you know how to do boyer. The moment you know how to do boyer, you can say, okay, right now I'm emotionally in a different planet. I'm disconnected from me. I'm certainly disconnected from God. I'm disconnected from everybody. I'm disconnected from the world. Let me off at the next stop. I'm looking for the Tahoim. Let me go meet the Mayanas. But if you can identify that as the Psoilus rather than your Atzmius, that was Dveikus. Dveikus at every moment calls for a different thing. Not every moment of Dveikus means you're dancing with God. Sometimes Dveikus means you identify a painful trauma and you call it that. And you don't confuse it with your essence. That's an unbelievable form of Dveikus. That's why he calls it Avayda Sabiru. Okay. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.